morning again. If I haven't met you, my name is Mitchell Welch, and I'm the lead pastor here in Antioch. Thanks so much for being here. You guys having a good time so far? Yeah? Is Jesus here? Come on. <laughs> I've noticed his presence is here, so hopefully you feel that as well. I'm excited for the rest of this morning. I, uh, gosh, I have a lot to say, but I'm not preaching this morning. Uh, we've got um, the Hoxies in town that I'll introduce in just a little bit, Austin and Robin. They uh, recently moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma to plant Antioch Tulsa there. And um, if you guys were with us this summer in July, Austin preached, and it was so encouraging, so powerful, so stirring, and he's going to share the word again this morning, so we're excited for that. Uh, but before that... Um, Several things that I want to say. I feel like I got too much to say, but I'm going to try to try to condense it here because I'm not preaching. All right. So um, <laughs> we um, we just had for many of us in this room, about 75 of us, we just experienced a conference that we call World Mandate. Um, and that was Friday night and then all day yesterday. Uh, many of us were here and just having amazing, powerful, incredible times of worship together it's just so sweet to you know we, we experienced it on Sunday mornings as well and it's amazing but to kind of multiply that out for several more really hours in a weekend just to get in the presence of God as a church family is so encouraging it's so bonding and the, every time we lift up his name he's here he comes he speaks he encourages he strengthens he delivers you know he just he does whatever he wants to do he's God and uh, it was just so powerful. Uh, we also had some fun and games as well. We, uh, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, there's donut crumbs, I think, on this stage because of some donut competition. I don't know. Uh, but, and we heard impactful, powerful teachings that cut us to the core. Uh, we also had a couple dance parties. That was awesome. And it just, you know, <laughs> Psalm 149 says, we praise the Lord with the dance. Uh, and so we take that verse seriously. And uh, we did a little dancing. That was, that was awesome. It's great. Um, and, yeah, we, we had um, some really impactful things that happened to individual people. And you're going to hear some testimonies in just a second. Uh, but let me just read this verse because we were singing it just a few minutes ago. But it's also like a pretty big theme of world mandate itself. This is from Revelation 5, verse 9 and 10. This is a, a picture that John gets of, of heaven, of the throne room, of what's, what's going on here. I think it'll be on the screen. It says this, and they, the they, is, it's angels, it's elders, it's four living creatures, it's these beings in heaven that all they do is worship God. Here's what it says. They sing a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you, Jesus, talking about Jesus, you were slain. And by your blood, you ransomed people for God. Anybody thankful that the blood of Jesus has ransomed you to God? Anybody thankful for that? But it keeps going. Look, not just us, not just me as an individual, not just us here in America. Look, his blood did this. He ransomed people from every tribe, every language, every people, and every nation. And you have made them a kingdom and a priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. I love this passage. It's a, just a glimpse of heaven, but it, it also, we, we get a glimpse of God's heart. Jesus dying on the cross and shedding his blood was for you as an individual. Yes, amen? But also, it's for everybody in this room. But also, it's everybody in our nation. But also, it's for every tribe, every language, every people, and every nation. 
And uh, we want to we access that part of God's heart. That's why we do conferences like World Mandate. That's why we sing songs like this is, God, what, how can I partner with that place in your heart to be a part of every tribe, tongue, language, people coming to know you? And so I just want you to have some biblical context of what we're singing. We'll probably do that song again at the end. It was just really good. So, uh, but just, I want us to engage that place of God's heart. And anyway, so that's what we did this weekend. We pressed in, leaned into that a little bit. And I'm going to have two folks come share some testimonies. Joy, go ahead and come on up here. And Josh, go ahead and come on up here. <clears throat> so these folks were at World Mandate. And so just, you can slide on over here. Just testify, what did God do? What do you say? What happened? Great. Hey, guys. So going into World Mandate on Friday, there was some stuff that happened that, like, was really heavy on my heart and was, like, very distracting. And it literally happened one hour before I came here. So, and it was kind of just attacking my character in a way. And I started, like, believing some lies that people had been saying about me and about who I was and what my identity was. But I was like, God, I know that's not true, but, man, maybe. And so I go into that, and I'm doing all the stuff for World Mandate, and then worship happens, and man, it was just powerful, like Friday night's worship, just powerful, and I felt like in that moment, we were singing a song, I don't remember which one it was, (laughs) it was one of the songs, and I just felt like God said, like, would you be willing to surrender everything for me, like, surrender your entire life your entire like everything that's comfortable for you just everything would you be willing and I was like uh maybe um we'll talk about it (laughs) um I was like I want to be honest I don't know and because I was still like very heavy from earlier in the day and then we get to like the sermon And the first thing that Francis Chan, who was speaking that night, says, guys, I feel like we need to repent for not trembling at God's word and believing other people before God and what he says about your identity. And I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't know about everyone else, but I feel like Francis is speaking to me. And I think it's God speaking through Francis to me to not believe the lies and not believe the things that, like, people had been saying about me because like what people say about me doesn't matter it's chaff it's whatever but what God says about me is what matters and like I got to believe that and I was like yes like my identity is not in the world but it's in what God says about me and so on Saturday just more and more being like you know what God no matter what happens in my life no matter what happens in the situation that I'm going through like you are faithful And, like, I will surrender my comforts. I will surrender everything to you. And so just, like, believing my identity is in God, which was really awesome. Huge testimony. Now I feel great. So, yeah. Hey, you stay up here. Hey, stay up here, Joy. Um, So encouraging. Why don't you do this? Pray a short prayer over all of us just that we um, we would believe God's word about us over what anybody else says about us. So I, I think that is so applicable to so many of us in this room because we, we live in this world <laughs> and people say things against us. And it's just so important to make sure God's word is well above what anybody else says or thinks about us. So can you just pray that over us? God, we just thank you so much that like you are a God of truth 
And God, what you say is so much more important than anything else. God, I pray right now that we would not believe what the world says about us, what the passing comments are, what the lies that the enemy tries to tell us are. God, we would believe what you tell us, that our identity is in you, God, that you formed us before the creation of the world. God, you formed us exactly the way that we are, God, and that you, like, don't make mistakes and that you take your time to create us. So who we are is exactly who you wanted us to be, God, and that you chose us and you adopted us, God. I pray that we would believe our identity, that who we are in Christ, that we are enough. We are worthy of your sacrifice, God, and we just thank you. Lord, I pray that we would believe that. God, I pray that you would reveal to us any lies that we are believing so that we could like rebuke it in the name of Jesus and walk in the freedom that you have for us. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your choice. Thank you for dying for us, God. I pray that we would believe that that is worthy, that we are worth sacrificing for. Thank you for what you're doing. We love you and we praise you. Amen. Amen, amen. Give it up for Joy one more time. Thanks, Joy. Come over here, Josh. Okay, so Josh had a little uh, interesting thing happen with your knee, so go ahead and testify. All right, so those games he was talking about earlier with the donuts and everything, there was one where we had to keep balloons from touching the ground. And one got a little bit far from me, and so I dove for it. It was actually right here. I dove out for it and smashed my knee on the ground. And it hurt to sit, it hurt to walk, it hurt to stand, like, I'm a pretty tough guy, but it, it, it hurt. It hurt bad. <laughs> and so I was, um, um, Chelsea, um, I, she had some crutches, and so she went to go get them. And while I was waiting on her, Mitchell and Sarah prayed for my knee. And as you can see, it's healed. <laughs> it's totally back to normal. And yeah. Yeah. It's good. Can you do some squats for us? Hey, let's go. All right. Praise the Lord. Okay, um, let me just comment a couple comments on this. Um, well, one, Josh, you are a tough guy, so that's number one. Um, but we all get hurt sometimes, okay? Um, but secondly, um, just a comment on, on healing. I gave a teaching on this several weeks ago, just not just physical healing, but emotional healing, relational healing. And it just is so clear throughout Scripture, you have to work really hard to not see that God is a healer, if you read the Bible at all. <laughs> and um, but he's a healer. And uh, one thing I love about this is um, like me and it was your sister, Sarah, right? Okay. Um, me and Sarah were really tired this weekend because we helped put on World Mandate. And particularly at that moment, I was kind of walking by to kind of just, just get alone because I was not feeling it. And I see Josh hurt. And... Um, prayed a short prayer, and the whole time I prayed that prayer, I didn't, I didn't feel it. In fact, I was, like, just ready to move on <laughs> in life, uh, and uh, just, I'm going to be nice to Josh, and then I'm going to leave, yeah, but then after I pray, he goes like this. I'm like, well, it worked, <laughs> and I was like, honestly, I was like, thanks, Josh, for being nice, but I don't really believe you, but, uh, but apparently God did it, and the reason I say that is because, you know, sometimes we hear stories of healing and we think something super like whoa you know supernatural super mysterious mystical super spiritual but it's like god god is god and he can do whatever he wants whenever he wants to and he can use whoever he wants to no matter how we're feeling (laughs) 
And that was just a helpful revelation for me, and I'm just so thankful for the healing God gave you. But here's what we're going to do before we kind of transition out of this. If anybody in this room needs a physical healing for anything, we're just going to ask God again really simply, and we're going to pray for your healing. So does anybody need a physical healing of something? Raise your hand real quick. Great. Okay, if anybody's hand is up next to you, just um, a few people put a hand on their shoulder real quick, and I'm going to have Josh pray for us. Come on, bro. Jesus, thank you so much for who you are, God. I thank, that you, I thank you for that. You are the great physician, God. You are everything we need. So I just declare healing over each and every person in here, God. I pray that you would, you know what's wrong in their body. So God, I pray that you would set it right in all fear. Leave in Jesus' name, God. I pray that we would trust you with everything in our lives, God. And God, you are good. And Lord, heal them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Josh. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for being honest about what you need and just encourage you later on today, you know, just test out how you're feeling in whatever area and, um, and we'll believe for God to come through. If he doesn't, he's still God. He's still good. Um, but we just want to give God a chance to be God. You know, we don't have to just have the perfect explanation every time he's God, you know. All right, awesome, guys. Well, um, I'm about to invite up Austin, and uh, we're going to continue a series I started last week on, uh, well, it's titled, And Then the End Will Come. Everybody say, the end. This is taken from Matthew 24, 14, that little phrase, and then the end will come, is at the end of that um, verse. And the whole premise, I'm going to summarize it in just 30 seconds, the whole premise is Matthew 24 is a chapter about the end of the age. His disciples ask Jesus a couple questions. They say, hey, they ask three questions. One is, hey, when is the temple going to be destroyed in Jerusalem? He answers that one. But he also, they also ask, when is your coming? What's the sign of your coming? And the sign of the end of the age. And so he's answering several questions there in that whole process. And if you read Matthew 24, at least the first um, several verses, you're going to see just crazy things happening in the earth. And kind of this end time apocalyptic kind of description of things and the point of the whole message was it is so easy for us when we start talking about this topic to get distracted by the wrong things to get distracted by the fear of what's to come to get distracted by oh we got to understand this perfectly and we got to know exactly what's going to happen in the end times and who's the antichrist and blah 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 blah, all this stuff when in that passage Jesus gives some really clear commands and directives one of which is found in the beginning part of this verse. Before he says, and then the end will come, he says, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a testimony to all the nations. So in the midst of whatever's going on in the world, in the midst of whatever generation we live in, we want to be faithful to the things that Jesus actually told us to be focusing on, which he said, this gospel is going to be proclaimed. And think about that phrase, this gospel will be proclaimed. That beckons the question, Who's it going to be proclaimed by? Us, the people of God, those that have been impacted by the gospel, those that are living a life of following Jesus. We are the ones to proclaim the gospel. And so in the midst of craziness going on in the world, we still want to go after uh, proclaiming the gospel no matter what's happening. Amen? All right. Well, part two uh, is I'm going to pass it off to my man, Austin Hoxie. Come on up here, Austin. Give it up for Austin. <clears throat> and um, you guys... Go ahead and extend your hand towards Austin. We're going to pray over him for the Lord just to speak through him this morning and really touch our hearts. So, Lord, 
We lift up our brother right now to you. We thank you so much that he's here. God, we thank you for their obedience to you to move to Tulsa, to follow your leadership. And Lord, we just thank you for extended family here. Lord, they're family. And Lord, we pray the word that you have given Austin to share. Lord, would you just have your way? Would you speak through him? And God, would your words through him pierce our hearts again this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, man. Y'all, thank you for having me. It was uh, good to be here. I haven't preached since I preached here last time. And, you know, working out some of those nerves. Um, but we were praying this morning and uh, and for you guys. And I hope World Monday was just lit for y'all. I hope y'all had a blast. But just want to put, put language to this. There are these catalytic moments in our tribe in Antioch. World Monday would be one of them. And there will be moments where you go back to it and you're like, oh, remember that thing happened. But more than that, God imparts these kind of foundational pieces in our culture. Things like, you know, passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth, the proclamation of gospel, church planning, so on and so forth. So making space to, to be a part of these catalytic moments, uh, uh, I just want to agree with what he did this weekend. And even if you weren't here this weekend, I just want to agree that the Lord would meet you with what he did this weekend as a part of this house. Is that all right? And so what I want to invite you to do is just receive. And and he doesn't have to speak to you in English. (laughs) Uh, He created relationship. He communes with us, and he can do what he wants. What we have to do is receive him. Does that make sense? So just posture, whatever that looks like, to receive from him. And I just want to agree with what he did this weekend. So, Lord, we thank you that you are perfect in your ways. Lord, that you are perfect in your leadership. You are perfect in how you've led this church. And so, Lord, we bless, we bless what you've done this weekend. And, Lord, I ask for every uh, encounter, every moment, every person that got to be a part, every person that was here just, uh, 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 but not necessarily at at the weekend, but a part of this. Lord, we bless them to receive what you're doing in this house. Lord, we bless this region in Jesus' name, let's go. Uh, yeah, amen, right? It, it could be like, go hogs, right? Uh, I wore my red. You'll see that? Yeah, uh, I didn't really. Here's what happened. Last night, 6 o'clock, uh, we had just, long day, you know, kids, football, da, da, da. I'm like, hey, babe, what should we wear tomorrow? And, uh, my wife and I were working out our relationship with fear and trembling. It's glorious. <laughs> and uh, she was like, you should dress yourself. And you're like, you're probably right, but you don't like what I wear. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and so she, she, in relationship, we picked out some clothes, <laughs> white pants, red shirt, and I had this blue denim shirt that I had on this morning. And so we walk out from where we were staying this morning. And if you look at my wife, white pants, denim, blue. And it was like, we, not we're matching, we're like, we're the same. <laughs> and, and so I'm sitting there this morning, and I'm like, all right, well, we'll go with it. I, I walk out, and I get to the car, I'm like, I can't do it. So I took it off. <laughs> and I decided, I think the age is 58 when that's appropriate. Like, 35 years of marriage, that there's a level of eccentric that's kind of like cute. <laughs> right? But, like, before that, it's like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> so, it was awesome, actually. Uh, well, hey, if I, I don't know y'all, uh, I'm pretty normal. Um, 
I got rocked by the Lord in, uh, through a series of events, but really submitted my life in, in like yielded to him and to his body in 2005, 2006. And uh, that led us to plant a church in Colorado in 2010. My wife and I got married in 07. We planted a church in, in northern Colorado. That church is up and running. Uh, and we were, I think, the fifth, sixth church to get sent out uh, from northern Colorado to Tulsa. And so we landed not six churches in Tulsa, <laughs> six churches around the world, one of which is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, just had this call. We're all going it. Anyways. Um, and so we landed there in June. I, I think we've had six or seven meetings. We have our first uh, encounter night tonight. And so we're getting back there tonight. Yeah, man. Same spirit. Raised Jesus from the dead. He's going to be hanging out with us tonight. Yeah, that's right. The same one that's here. Mm. Mm. Man, it is good to be saved. My dude up here in front was telling me it, what he's thankful for is how our joy is rooted in salvation. Like, just take for a moment everything that is of concern to you, and you can sit at the feet of the cross and receive him. Everything doesn't go away, but you just get him, and he happens to carry joy and peace. And so all the stuff is still there. I'm just living in a reality of joy and peace to bring into those concerns as opposed to the other way around. Man, that's a good gospel. Woo! Um, well, hey, where I want to go today is this um, kind of a lens, so to speak, of when we say Matthew 24, 14, that could be one of the harshest scriptures in any of our internal worlds, right? How many of you guys just love sharing the gospel? Well, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of y'all were like just doing it all the time this week or this month? Or how many of us were doing it once this month? <laughs> and then it's like, ooh, are we, what does this mean? Um, you know, this, this, this idea of reading this text, yes, the end will come when the gospel of the kingdom is proclaimed in every nation. Mic drop. Okay? But we cannot take that and be like, you guys had anyone ever like muster up all their internal courage to come try and sell you something? And it's like you're talking to a robot. <laughs> right? Like it's the same way with this gospel of the kingdom. And the lens I want to put on you guys, I want to push on two things. Okay? The first one is how good is the gospel? Like with what I just said about the joy of salvation. With what, um, sorry, I forget her name gal that just shared up here? Joy. She's just talking about how the Word of God is actually way more powerful to create transformation than what they say. Like, is my gospel that good? You know, Paul says these crazy things, like the peace that transcends understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Him. Have you informed depression and anxiety of that peace? Right? This is the gospel. And the prevention or the challenge or why evangelism could be so like, is because our understanding and application of the gospel for ourselves is kind of stinky. <laughs> like I was equipped 15 years ago on Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin and death, the gift of God's eternal life for anyone. Make, uh, I didn't even say it right. 
but I could write it out on a napkin, and I would go to restaurants and with my server, and if you're a server, you know this is incredibly challenging, but the, your table's like, hey, uh, you know, they're just kind of chatting, and you got, like, things going on. I'm like, no, 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 just take two minutes, and I'm writing out the gospel on this uh, napkin. You're like, do you know what wages are and sin and death and da da da, da? And it's very needed to proclaim the gospel. But when our gospel is like, oh, you get to go to heaven one day. It's like, well, what about the hurt and the pain and the brokenness that happens today? You see, when we don't have a gospel that impacts our lives today, then we read this text and become salesmen. Not that sales are bad, <laughs> but they have the potential to be incredibly manipulative and kind of like, mm. okay, so that's the first lens. The second lens I want to put in front of you guys is, did he really pick you to play? Not just play, but that whole Ephesians 3 thing of like, oh, beyond more than I can ask or imagine, immeasurably more. You know, that thing where he prepared every good work in advance for me to walk into. Is it like tiddlywinks? Like there's this guy that got to speak at World Mandate that's like, whoa, I'll never be there one day. Do we believe that Jesus getting on the cross and then empowering us with his spirit is to be awesome in every way? I think it's John 17 where Jesus is praying. He's like, the same glory the Father gave me, I give to you. All of a sudden, I walk into work and I'm like, just carrying the glory of God. It's straight out of Scripture, y'all. John 17. Like, there is a belief in there that's like, no, 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 no. He put this in me for them. And it's not like, well... It's like, oh, come on, man, free refills. Who wants some of this? This joy, this peace. Y'all, are y'all tracking with me? Like, do you see the difference in how we proclaim the gospel of the kingdom? It's all rooted in our belief about how good it really is and if God would really actually pick us. A couple of weekends ago, I was, uh, I, uh, I, uh, play some disc golf, and uh, I went to an event, and uh, it was a few hours away, so it was overnight, and um, I threw up on, on this, on this uh, you know, event page, hey, you want to get an Airbnb with me? It was a little bit of a risk. A couple guys said yes. So there's like 60 guys from around the nation gathering in the middle of Kansas to play disc golf, and so I get an Airbnb with two of them. And leading up to this, there were two interchanges we had, just to give you a, an idea of who I'm, who I'm living with for a few days. And the first one was like, hey, are y'all vaccinated? Like, I just need to know. And the second one was like, hey, I'm coming from California and I'm flying, so I can't bring any weed. Can you, like? <laughs> it's like, all right, here we go. <laughs> so I drove up on Wednesday, and, uh, um, you know, uh, I'm working Wednesday. Wednesday night, we, we, we get dinner together. I've never met these guys, so walking to this barbecue joint. And again, a couple 30-year-olds and me, we, none of us know each other. We're just kicking it. It's a good time. By the time I get home, because they had gotten there earlier, the trash can is halfway full of beer cans. It's like, okay, man, they, they, we've been going hard, and it's like halfway through the first day. So anyways, two, two and a half days later, uh, I'm becoming friends with these guys, just doing normal life, normal life. 
I get up in the morning and I meet with God. You guys do that? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, you want your life to be changed? You're having a hard time? Just get up and look at them. Like every day, even on the weekends, even on vacation. <laughs> yeah. And, and so anyways, and, and the second morning, the Lord starts speaking to me about these guys. And, uh, you know, da, 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 we're, we're just hanging out. So the last morning, is Saturday morning. I get up early because I, I was playing at like 8 a.m. And the other guy was just awake. He had gone to grab some breakfast. And so we ended up just sitting on the porch, you know, rocking chairs, kind of this intimate moment. The sun's coming up. And I just start sharing what God's speaking. I didn't articulate Romans 6.23, but I start communicating to him, hey, this is God's perspective of you. How do I know? He told you, or told me. And so I'm just dishing out what he told me. It, you know, had varying levels of effect. Did the same thing with the other guy a few, uh, a few hours later. And both of these guys have since reached out and be like, hey, can you like say that again or write that out? Like, I really want to respond to you. I went back and I read this text and neither of them have any sort of intimate walk with the Lord or church experience. And so my question is that proclaiming the gospel. Does that count? Do you have to manufacture some strategy for this to work? It is a lifestyle like the thing that destroyed my life in my religious upbringing is this idea of like, on, go share the gospel now. I was like, oh, all right. Ah. And then I go for an hour and I'm like, ah, it's done. I'm like spiritual. And then I shut it off. Oh. And that perspective has tainted my experience with the gospel, how good it is, and how to dish it out for free. Is this making sense? Is this, are y'all like connecting to this? Okay. And so the other component of this that some of you guys have may have experienced, some not, is like, man, I'm going to sell everything tomorrow and move into a hut and wherever. Let's throw a dart. And there's like 3% of the population that's like, yes. And then the other crew that's like, you're crazy. Now, what does that text say in Matthew 24, 14? That this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in every nation. And so there's nothing wrong with that like, right there, I'm going there. Threw a dart, here we go. This is my life. I had an encounter at World Mandate in 2011 maybe where Holy Spirit highlighted a nation in Southeast Asia. I have prayed, I have given, I have not gone. Okay, does it work? I don't know. All I can do is tend to what has been on my heart. But the fear that could be attached to this, what if it's there? Right? What town is uh, Alabama in? Or university, U university, the other U of A? Yeah, t what if it's Tuscaloosa? Right? Uh, it's, it's a stretch. <laughs> and I want to say to this, like, it does not matter if your gospel is that good. Y'all tracking with me? So Jesus comes on the scene in Luke 4. He's been uh, 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 um, tested by, by the devil. He does that whole, like, 40 days of fasting, right? And he comes back in 
he goes into the temple and he reads from the scroll in Isaiah 61. This is in Luke 4. But Isaiah 61, I want to put in front of you as this is what it looks like to me for the proclamation of the gospel of the kingdom. Okay, can I read it for y'all? It might be on the screen behind me. You can read all of it because all of it works. I'm just going to leave it at a few verses. Isaiah 61, 1. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Let's go. Did anyone have to work for that? Well, this is the gospel right here. I got to receive this at the finished work of the cross. Because the Lord has anointed me to do what? Preach. Everyone say preach. That requires your words. He also sent me to bind up what? The brokenhearted. I would say in Fayetteville, you would probably call that the angst, depressed, trauma, Okay, sometimes it's helpful to put other words because nobody says uh, I need to bind up a broken heart anymore. Y'all tracking with me? Okay, he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives. What does that mean? It means proclaiming, using your words to do what? To tell the people that are stuck in their junk to be like, there's a way out. His name is Jesus Christ. That is a bold statement at work, on the playground, you know, with, uh, not that, <laughs> sorry, I'm tracking with like families here. <laughs> if you're 20 and you're hanging out on the playground, knock yourself out. <laughs> wow, savage, Austin, savage. In whatever environment you're in, being bold, putting the gospel out on display is an incredible risk. What if it doesn't come through? What if Jesus doesn't actually, what if it doesn't apply to you because of your circumstances I don't understand? What if, and that's coming back to like how good is your gospel in action in your life today? If you haven't looked at it or reminded yourself, it probably is not that good. And so proclaiming that at work to set prisoners free from their junk is incredibly almost impossible. Are y'all tracking with me? This isn't just about them. It is just as much about you. The proclamation of the gospel, critical. But the living out of the gospel, I would say without that, then your proclamation is a bunch of hooey. Like, there's this terrifying text in Matthew 7 where Jesus is like, ah, ah, away from me, I never knew you. But didn't we do the stuff? And you're talking about, I'm living display of Matthew 24, 14. I used to work in a bar in Chili's, Sizzle. <laughs> this is where I was, I was kind of working out my salvation with fear and trembling and all that, and I would carry this Bible around in my back pocket and there would be these Friday nights, this girl I worked with, and she is very high capacity, uh, very high energy, you know, like 90-pound, like, gymnast, like, can do a whole lot. And we get in these Friday night moments, and I'm, I'm working with her behind the bar, and consistently she would stop and be like, why are you so stable? <laughs> it's like, talking about peaceful? Yeah. It's because these are just drinks, and Jesus likes me. And she'd go back to work. 
Now, what happened with that? Nothing. Do, do I know? Do I stay in touch with her? No. It's, again, just let's dish this stuff out. Okay? I used to carry around this cross on campus. I, when we planted a church in, in, in Fort Collins, I worked on campus. And so I would carry this cross around because people would come through our campus and they would maybe proclaim the gospel pretty harsh. And there's this vibe around street preachers that are like, you're doing it wrong, this or that. I don't really care what you think about that. Like, it's what it is. The, the challenge for me was Holy Spirit's like, hey, you're actually afraid of this proclamation piece. And so I want you to carry this thing around everywhere you go for three weeks. So I did it. It's super weird, super awkward, hard to get around, hard to give kids a ride anywhere. But that thing carried on uh, for eight years where I would go the same time in a semester. You know, it's the same kids would see me because it would be like every, let's say, Tuesday at 2. Everyone is, you know, back and forth from their classes at the same time. And so a few years in, there would be moments where I would proclaim the gospel. And there would be moments where I would just sit there and just wait to make eye contact with somebody. You know, they're like. <laughs> um, and over the course of time, there, there, this, this like absolutely lit me up. I think it was 2020 during um, when the COVID just started. Because one of my buddies in his computer graphic, like little network, they use Switch, or like it's a communication app. And so he's showing me the thread. And in this thread, they're like, well, not in class. At least we don't have to worry about you know, those preachers coming out in the spring and da-da-da-da. And then one girl starts chiming in of like, yeah, but what about that one dude that like looks, he, she said some maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> she said he's very attractive. Uh, and like, like, we'll miss him, essentially. And then <laughs> she just, the, 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 he's showing me this thread where everyone is just going off of basically how much they like the cross out on campus. Like it's almost become a place of uh, uh, stabilization. And then 2018, one of the associate dean, dean, dean uh, uh, of students, we become friends. I shared the gospel with him. He's got kids that are my age. We talk about parenting, da 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 da, da. it's hard. And he's very much like Colorado, um, like earth energy. And so it's great, like we become friends. But at the beginning of 2018, he pulls me aside and he's like, hey, we're really trying to figure out how to create a safe space on campus. I'm like, that's amazing. And one of the things that makes it hard is when people come through and I think he phrased it like they're religious messages and da 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 and they, you know. And so he's like, hey, so when they come out, can I text you to come out and help create a safe space for students? I'm like, can I bring my cross? He's like, yes. <laughs> He's like, but this is not like CSU sponsored. I'm like, got it. And the gospel, just the living out in my life, got to such a place in culture where people were blessed and had varying degrees of encounter just by being there. And there's not this one testimony of like, oh, you proclaim so good and then everyone got saved. That, that wasn't like, that's not, I think, what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 24, 14. He's talking about living out the gospel of the kingdom and proclaiming it in such a way where everyone either has to move towards it or hate it. Is this making sense to y'all? 
I'm not responsible to draw that line for people. I'm just responsible to show up. Yeah, this is so good. There was this one encounter I had on campus. Uh, uh, you get familiar with like words of knowledge. You just ask Holy Spirit, how do you want to encounter this kid? And there's, there's kind of a moment. There's a little bit of a crowd. This guy's like, sure, I want to know God. Well, can I wait on God for you? He's like, what does that mean? I'm just going to ask him what he wants to speak to you. And that's it. He's like, sure. So like super awkward. He's looking at me, eyes open. I feel like George said he's a double major in this and this. This is like eight seconds. So I tell him. He's like, who told you that? I was like, Holy Spirit. He's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Not my job to chase him. Y'all tracking with me? We had this other encounter. He's a good friend of mine. He's, he's a son in the Lord. Um, well, this guy's not. There was this one neuroscience student, typical, what you think of when you think of neuroscience. Um, we become friends, and he would come and just ask me kind of theological probing questions about God, this and this. And I'm like, hey, man, I am so, like, really thankful. I would love to meet any of your friends. And so, you know, we started a thing at Taco Bell, and nothing really came of that. But one day, this kid named Max comes up to me, and he's like, hey, my friend told me to come talk to you. And this is just a very normal, like, Tuesday afternoon. And I'm like, cool. What do you, what, what do you want to know? And he's just like, oh, you, like, apparently, like, know God, and my friends think you're cool. And so I'm like, cool, well, do you want to do this thing? And so I went on the Lord, gave him a, a, an encouragement out of Matthew 5. He goes away, has this uh, OD encounter where he wakes up in a creek at, like, 3 a.m. on Sunday, has an encounter with the Lord, comes, finds me the next Tuesday, and is like, everything you said is coming true, and this is what I want. He's now a disciple of Jesus giving his life away. It's been two and a half years, but I didn't have to like muster anything up. Like in your workplace or in this thing in your heart that's like, oh, I'm calling you to this place. You don't have to figure it out. Like you are responsible to walk with God today and bring him. Are y'all tracking with me? This is so freeing. Like, there is no pressure in Matthew 24, 14, unless your gospel is terrible. Wow. Oof. Uh, hey, can you put up that, that first slide? Uh, this is, here's a filter. If you're taking notes, this is really helpful. These three truths that, again, all of these, you can, like, spend a lot of time delving into Scripture. Uh, I don't have time to get into them all today. Uh, but the first one is that God's desire is not one would perish. You know, you can see this in the life of Jesus. I think it's 1 Peter 3, 9, where Peter explicitly spells it out. The second one is it's Holy Spirit's job to convict the world according to sin and righteousness. Okay, you can see that explicitly in John 16, verse 8. Like, you know how, like, debates go south real fast because someone has to, like, use some sort of force or coercion to convince somebody? doesn't end well, is Holy Spirit's job to do that. All we have to do is be essentially open. Okay, the third one is we are his only plan. Okay, throughout scripture, you'll find this analogy of God's temple. And so Bible Project does a fire five-minute presentation on this. You guys familiar with Bible Project? Bible Project, God's temple, would definitely worth the read. But essentially, the Old Testament, it's the temple. 
Jesus is like, I'm going to destroy the temple and become a new temple. And guess who the temple is? Every single one of us. Paul calls you the body of Christ, if that's a better analogy. And so God's plan to reach everybody on the entire earth is what? What is required for us? To be a, a, a host, to be the temple of God, to allow him to dwell in us. Now, where's the strategy in that? Y'all tracking with me? For about three years, I would pray, Holy Spirit, every single student on campus that is edging up to suicide, would you bring me to them in their dreams to proclaim this? Because I don't know where they're at. Is it possible that Holy Spirit's that good to function that way? I don't know. Are you available? And this goes back to how good is God? Is he that good that he would use you to show up in people's dreams? I don't know. Y'all read Acts 7 when Philip is like, an angel shows up to him and is like, go this way. And he does. He preaches the gospel to this uh, uh, Ethiopian eunuch. Why Ethiopian? Probably because the nations were represented. He baptizes the dude and Holy Spirit's like, whoop, I'm done with you here. We're going back over here. What? Like, if that's available, if you're that good in loving the hurting and broken, I'm available. Are, are you, do you see this? Like, what do we spend our brains on this weekend? Hogs are great. I get it. You know, I love Air Force football. But, like, is it coming in conflict with Jesus loving the hurting and broken and you being available? Now, I'm not saying he's going to get your Philip on and transport you. But I'm challenging your belief, is Jesus that good? Is the good news that life-altering? If not, it makes sense why you get bored on Monday. Y'all feel that? Man, another thing I had the opportunity to be a part of, and we'll wrap up with this. Uh, um, in 2008, we're about to go plant in Colorado. God gives me this uh, like kind of vision of what he wants to do in the mountains. And there's a whole people group in the mountains, kind of work the tourism industry. But a lot of meth, 20 miles from the nearest uh, uh, kind of like resort, so to speak. Just very broken environments. And Holy Spirit gives me a strategy at a world mandate in 2018 to send people off two by two. What does that mean? Like, they literally had nothing. Like, I took these... 10 kids, they weren't kids, they were like, uh, yeah, mid-20s, young and zealous, and we created a little training platform, and I, I sent them out two by two with their license, and that was it. Like, think of, like, going and dropping them off at, like, a Walmart in Rogers, and be like, all right, we'll see you in a few months. Like, that was kind of what we did, but in the mountains. And one of the first stories coming back from these, there's a ton of them. I'll tell you all about them Monday night. Uh, um, the training school, Monday night. Uh, uh, but th this is, they, they have dinner with this, this family that they met. They invite them, to, they buy, buy them pizza. Pizza joints closing at 8.30. It's starting to rain. It's kind of cold. And they're sitting in this pavilion. It's like 8.50 at night, Okay. And one of them senses, hey, 9.10. Okay, 9.10, what's that mean? And so they're thinking at 9.10 p.m. something's going to happen. 
9.10 comes, 9.10 goes. It's about 9.30. One of the dudes looks up, and he's like, oh, 9.10 is the name of that ho- or the uh, address on that house. So they walk over to the house, and they hear an audible fight happening next door. And so they knock on the door, and they're like, hey, we heard something. Is there any way we can help? These two, like, 20-year-olds, they're a couple, but, like, are on the verge of, like, killing themselves. And they're like, yes, I need to leave. You talk to, you know, this person. And so they end up taking them in, and for the next 24 hours, they minister to this couple. You know, both of them end up getting saved. And it's just like, what? Like, are you that good? And do you have that much gall to just show up to someone's house at 9.30 and knock on their door when you hear a fight? There are two components happening there. One is how good is your God. Two is how good is the gospel. Because that could have gone real south. But the gospel is that good. Is this making sense to y'all? All right, you can put out that next one, these, these lies. Here's the lies that enable the fear. I've said this a few times, but here's what it is if you like taking notes. Like, what do you believe about how good God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit are? Apparently, Jesus thought it was so good it was worth dying for. Okay, like it's a big deal, right? The second thing is, what do you believe about yourself? Some of y'all probably had encounters throughout your life in God that would maybe make Habakkuk 1 make sense. I'm going to do something in your life you wouldn't believe, even if I told you. Like, it's so far beyond what I can put into my uh, Western theology. Like, is, is it that good? And do you believe that because of the gospel, you are qualified? Yes, let's go. These two questions are what will unlock your ability to live out Matthew 24, 14. I would be glad to share all of my life with you because I feel like I've done this poorly. I've been on about 12 mission trips and 10 of them have been terrible because I was like, (laughs) there is a process to this. But the invitation, if Matthew 24, 14 is challenging for you, is to square these two questions with the Lord this morning. And to get yourself around a couple people that are willing to dream about how good the gospel could be living and active right here. Yeah, let's go. That's so good. All right, well, I want to I wanna just open up um, just s- a moment to respond to these two things. Um, Mitchell, if you want to hold this, you, you're welcome to. But I just want to pray courage to look at your belief system, to look at him and to repent if you need to. And I want to say life and life to the fullest, the gospel being confirmed with signs and wonders, there's no question about it. When you look at Jesus and you go out your front door, you are behold, like living in the glory of God. And you don't have to prove it. You just go and look people in the face and do your job and watch what happens. Oh, it's 1130. 
All right, Mitchell, let me hand it off to you. Yeah. Lord, I pray peace for my friends. Any condemnation, we silence it and we put it at the feet of the cross. We take that captive and we say the gospel, the finished work of the cross, has paid for my shame and my condemnation. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd open the hearts and minds of my friends to dream with how good you are. You say the fruit of walking with you is goodness. And so, Jesus, we receive it. And anything blocking us, Holy Spirit, would you convict our hearts? Bless my friends. I bless them. Amen and amen. Let's give it up for Austin. Thank you so much, man. So encouraging and challenging and stirring. Let's stand to our feet, guys. I'm going to have some of our life group leaders and staff go ahead and come forward and make yourself available to pray for some people. <clears throat> so here's how we'll respond. Band's going to lead us in a song. And there's so many directions, but I think just let me land with this. If you, if you know that you need the gospel to be better news to you, Let's say you, you follow Jesus in this room, you love him, you're so thankful that he died for you and rose again, but in regards to sharing that good news, <clears throat> you know that you are timid to or don't, I just like, let's, let's get, receive prayer this morning for the gospel to be better news to us, because when it is such a good word, when it's better news, we'll be delighted to share and tell others about him. And secondly, if you're in this room and you do not have relationship with Jesus, today is your day. He loves you. He is the answer to everything going on in your world, in your life today. He's also the answer for all of eternity. And you need to come to him. You need to repent. You need to give him your life. You do not want your life to be on you. He paid a high price to wash you clean from your sin. And so you can come forward, tell one of these folks, I want to give my life to Jesus. And they would love to pray for you. All right, let me pray for you guys one more time. And as I start praying, just come forward if you want to receive prayer for the gospel to be better news for you or if you want to give your life to the Lord. And so, Holy Spirit, we just welcome your presence here in this room right now. Convict us, touch us, draw us closer to you. Help the gospel be the best news we have ever heard in our life and the, the greatest thing to talk about with anybody in our life. So come and minister to us, Lord. Come and have your way. In Jesus' name.